0: What is going on, guys? Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is episode 453 for November 20th, 2022. I'm your host, JD, from New York. As always, coming to you live from the OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Sunday evenings, wherever you may be, man. We got The Walking Dead tonight now I won't be watching it as it happens live at 9 p.m I have to catch the replay at 12 because I'm in the venue tonight I see my boy evil genius in the chat bro the Walking Dead did not end eight years ago bro I don't know where you've been the Walking Dead actually got so much better going into season 9 10 and now season 11 great stuff. Will we see Rick Grimes? I think so. I think we see Rick Grimes at the end of this episode. It's going to be a very emotional one, man. I've watched every episode. It's going to be a good one. Also, sad news today, man. The Green Ranger. Jason David Frank, man. Really unexpected news. 49 years old, the Green Ranger, the Green and White Ranger. Don't really know what the cause of his passing was, but 49 years old, way too young. I believe I read somewhere that it may have been suicide. I don't really know if that is the case or not. But I did see that being floated around. And um, it's amazing, man, how... You know, we watch pro wrestling. We watch shows like... Back in my childhood, the Power Rangers, right? The Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. I remember I was going to PS14 in the Bronx, St. Benedict's. In the Bronx. My grandma lived in that area right off Tremont Avenue. My mom used to pick us up from school and we used to rush to grandma's house because grandma always had the best snacks, right? Grandma's was always the best place to relax after a long day of school. Plopped my ass right in front of the TV and I watched Power Rangers every single afternoon, man amazing how individuals like that, that are a part of our childhood are no longer with us, man. You know? And and he's not even, he wasn't even old. Like, I I just turned 40 this year. He was 49 years old. You know? So rest in peace to him. Thoughts and prayers to his family, man. That's, uh, That's quite the sad situation there. And just like with Pro Wrestling, man, you know, we welcome everybody that we watch on our TVs, you know, for that long into our homes. They're they're almost like they're a part of our family. So to hear that type of news, man, never, never really a good way to start your uh, Sunday morning. But we have a lot to talk about tonight, man. It's not going to be, it's not going to be a long show tonight. It's not going to be uh, overly long. There really wasn't much news. This week and whatever uh, we did try and cover this week, I tried to get out there immediately with the OTS extras that I had put up. But Full Gear was the main event of this entire week. Full Gear was, I thought, a great show. And we have a new AEW World Champion. We're going to talk about MJF. We're going to talk about what is next for MJF and how I think... MJF should be utilized going forward. We're going to talk Stone Cold Steve Austin. We're going to talk about the rumored match that he is supposedly going to be part of. John Cena, Logan Paul. Logan Paul has indeed requested to Paul Levesque to work with John Cena. And Tony Khan admitted... During the post-show full gear scrum, that CM Punk did not ask for Colt Cabana to be moved from AEW to Ring of Honor. So we're gonna go over all that today, right here on OTS. How many of you guys got the new T-shirt, man? How many of you guys got the new T-shirt, Lucha Rillas, JD Rilla? This was the first full week of sale, man. After today, you got two weeks. Two weeks left to go. Limited time release. Lucharrillos.com in collaboration with Off The Script. Go and get yours today. It's a great pickup, man. After two weeks, after the next two weeks, you're never going to see it again. Gone. Finished. Deleted. So go get yours today. lucharillas.com. All you guys have to do is type in the search bar off the script, and boom. Right there. Go get yours today. Follow me on social media, at JDForMNY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Cameo was hot this week, man. I know the holidays are coming up. We fulfilled five Cameos this week. Awesome. So make sure you guys go follow me all over social media. Links are down below in the description. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. We still got people filtering on into the OTS venue, man. I'm going to need... We did great last night. You guys did fucking great last night for Full Gear, man. We did 1,500 likes easy during the live stream. So I'm going to need you guys to show up again tonight, man. If you're in the chat tonight, whether you're a VIP or not, I'm going to need you to hit that thumbs up. We're looking for 1,000 likes minimum today on OTS. Super Chats are open, get them on in, we're going to hang out at the end of the show. I got my cold beverage chilled, so make sure you guys go get yours and get those Super Chats and we'll hang out at the end of the show. Memberships are open if you guys want to become a channel member. The only way you could chat on Sunday nights, the only way you could get those emotes, and the only ways to get those badges are becoming a channel member. Shout out to Lunar Guardian for four months. Shout out to Brandon Lamar with a new membership. And shout out to Hula Grim who now is golden Mike status in the VIP club. That deserves a round of applause for Hula Grim. Thank you so much, brother. So hit that join button, man. Become a channel member. Become a channel VIP right here on OTS. And if you guys want all the other content you missed on the channel, it's all on the homepage. Go check it out. We were live for full gear last night. We were live for all your shows this week, but make sure you guys also go check the live section, man. There's a live section now on the homepage. So if you guys missed all the live streams, they are there right there on the homepage. You'll so go and check them out. Chris Bell with eight months. Brian the Dean with eight months. Thank you guys very much. You're all awesome. Continue to get those memberships in, man. We got some big things coming up. You're going to want to be a part of the podcast right here on Off The Script. Let's start at the top, man. We got some Vince McMahon news. Nobody gives a fuck about the old man, but we got Vince McMahon news. Vince McMahon apparently is enjoying normal life post-WWE. We all know McMahon resigned from WWE in July after the hush money scandal over alleged sexual misconduct broken by the Wall Street Journal and WWE's own investigation into the matter. Nick Khan and Stephanie McMahon have been named co-CEOs of WWE, while Paul Levesque, Triple H, is head of creative. Fightful Select is reporting this week. that WWE sources told them that they don't necessarily hear from McMahon much these days, but he's been known to be out and about more than he was while still with the company. McMahon was spotted on a date in New York City last week and was previously seen out in public with several top WWE stars, to celebrate his 77th birthday in late August. Vice TV is also working on a new documentary about the life and career of Vince McMahon that was slated to air last month, but was pushed back due to the competition from NXT and AEW Dynamite going head-to-head with the documentary on the same night. Vince is enjoying being a human being. Great. He's got the money to do whatever he wants in this lifetime and the next 20. Vince McMahon can do whatever he wants. The hush money investigation is now closed. Swept under the rug, $19.4 million he cost the company. Case closed. He's a free man. Of course, he's going to be out and about celebrating his freedom. $19.4 million he cost the company. He ain't coming back. We'll close this deal. We'll end this investigation. You'll get away scot-free. But in return, we ask you, even though you're still majority shareholder, all we want is for you to go away and never to come back to the company. Your roles are now given to your son-in-law and your daughter and Nick Khan. And everything that you were doing is now being undone creatively. We're going to have to ask you to go away, bro. We don't, we don't want you back anymore. Goodbye. Do you miss Vince McMahon? I know I don't. Do I appreciate Vince McMahon and all that he did for us? Just like we talked about Jason David Frank, a part of our childhood. Vince McMahon is basically a part of my childhood. He, he was my childhood. Everything he did was a part of my childhood, still a part of my adult life. But do I miss him? No. Nobody misses Vince McMahon. If you do miss Vince McMahon, you are a fucking geek. You're in denial. Nobody misses Vince McMahon. WWE is still not where it needs to be. It is nowhere near perfect. But if you don't think that Paul Levesque is doing a better job creatively right now than Vince McMahon, and the shows aren't better than what Vince McMahon did, You may watch Impact. That's all I got to say about that. So, yes, I want to see those get him out emojis in the chat. Get him out. Goodbye. He's enjoying normal life post-WWE. Good. Good. We don't need to hear his name uttered in WWE ever again moving forward. Survivor Series. Saturday. I will be live. It should be big. I'm expecting at least 4,000 in the venue. Easy. Spoiler on plans for the main event of WWE Survivor Series, which should come as no surprise to anybody listening. PW Insider is reporting that the plan is for Roman Reigns, the Usos, and Sami Zayn to take on Drew McIntyre, the Brawling Brutes, and Kevin Owens inside War Games, And that will be the main event of the show. And rightfully so. No, the women should not main event. No, it will not be anything else. It's Roman or nothing. The women's war games can open the show. The bloodline and the brawling brutes will close the show. Everything else is going to be that nice meat in between the sandwich. I don't know what else is booked, but we got AJ Styles versus Finn Balor. And we got, that is it, really we got the two war games matches and AJ Styles versus Finn Balor booked. I don't know what else is happening on the show. We got Monday night and Friday night. So we got two shows left. Both will serve as the go-home shows for Survivor Series. I don't know what else is going to be on the show. At this point, I don't really care because the one thing that we're all looking forward to is both war games, the women's and the men's. Now, the women's war games match is damage control. Nikki Cross, and Rhea Ripley. Damage control is Bailey, Dakota Kai, and EO Sky. Versus Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss, Asuka, Miriam, and to be announced. I don't know who the mystery woman is going to be, but I've seen some people talking about it online, talking about it on social media. And the graphic is of an anonymous figure in a hood. And this hooded figure has blue hair. Who is that going to be? A lot of people are saying, well, Sasha Banks is going to be the mystery woman at Survivor Series. I've said this multiple times. I could see it. She's already mentioned. Mercedes has already mentioned what's November going to be. It's going to be huge. It's going to be big. She can't wait for this big, monumental November. She posted about it in an Instagram story. Now, I thought she was going to show up at... The New Japan show, where they just crowned Kyrie Sane, or Kyrie, the new IWGP women's champion, she did not show up. Is there still a possibility that she could wrestle Kairi at the, uh, at the Wrestle Kingdom show in the Tokyo Dome? Absolutely. Absolutely. The trademarks, obviously, that what we saw this week looked like they were going to be a new wrestling persona. I don't know if that's going to be the case, but it certainly feels that way. It looked that way. It sounded that way. Sasha Banks wrestling in New Japan against Kyrie for the IWGP Women's Championship sounds like a Mercedes-Varnado thing to do. The woman wants moments. The woman wants to make history. The woman wants to be the first challenger for the IWGP Women's Championship. You know that's something she wants to do. Is it out of the realm of possibility? No, it is not especially with WWE bringing back who they have brought back so far, things are a little bit more lenient. Outside projects are a little bit more possible for everybody that is currently employed and has been brought back. Twitch channels have been resurrected. Triple H is not the fucking deviant that Vince McMahon was. I could see it, but I could also see it. I've been preaching about Sasha Banks in Boston at War Games for the same reason. The woman wants moments. The woman wants history. There's no way that Mercedes Varnado is going to look at a women's War Games match happening for the first time in WWE at Survivor Series in Boston and not want to be a part of it. It doesn't register to me as something that she would say, you know what, yeah, we'll, we'll worry about that next year. Yeah, let me go do something else. The woman wants a moment, and that's all she wants. This really could be looked at as the best version of the revolution since Becky Lynch won the world championships from Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair. That women's revolution in that time frame leading up to Becky Lynch winning the world championships from Ronda, that was some great shit. The women were killing it. They were main eventing shows. They were putting on better matches than the men in that period. I could see this being that or the start of that. And WWE needs Sasha. They do. They desperately need star power on SmackDown. So I could see it. Other than that, I don't know what else is going to happen at Survivor Series. We got three matches. Three matches planned right now. Obviously, more will be added on Monday and Friday night on Raw and SmackDown. Road Dog. Oh, you didn't know. You know Road Dog. The guy who said Bret Hart wasn't a great wrestler. <laughs> oh, man. Road Dog. You're, you're a comedian, bro. You're a real comedian, man. Road Dog. He recalls Triple H pitching war games to Vince McMahon. So he was on his podcast, the Oh, You Didn't Know podcast. Yes, that's the real name of it. Brian James revealed that Triple H had previously pitched to have war games at Survivor Series 2019. That was when NXT was involved. Yes, and look, he's always wanted to do that. He's had that in mind, and that's why we started doing it down there in NXT. But yeah, he wanted to do it there. It just wasn't time yet. I feel like Hunter, Triple H like that match a lot more than Vince McMahon did, and I think Vince thinks, and rightfully so, by the way, this cannot be argued with. It does step on Hell in a Cell a little bit. Like, you can't have those two close together because it's a huge cage, and a huge cage match, and how do you promote and keep special one special and do so for the other? It is a debate that had to be had. Hunter always thought that War Games was a great show, you know, one of Dusty's creations. That was awesome. He wanted to carry it forward. So, yeah, he always had that idea. Survivor Series 2019 was kind of unique in its own way, with stars of NXT being featured on the card and actually winning the overall Survivor Series against the main roster because they were feuding with AEW, and they wanted NXT to look strong and not look like the weak third brand. So they put all their eggs in the basket of NXT And then when AEW crushed them, Vince crushed NXT. Don't get me started. Don't. You know, I find it funny how Road Dog talks about this. He, He just openly leaves all these logic gaps in what he said. Let's go back on what he said. He said, Vince thinks, and rightfully so, by the way, this cannot be argued with. It does step on hell in a cell a little bit. So who's to say that we can't take Helena Cell away from the month of October? Whoever said that we needed Helena Cell in the month of October? That's what I don't get. Why was Helena Cell taking place in the month of October? This is the way the old man and Bruce used to think. Bruce probably still thinks this way, but the fucking idiot that is Bruce Pritchard, he doesn't really have any say anymore. They put Hell in a Cell in October because Halloween is on October on the 31st. Hell goes in, coincides with October. Hell, right? So they kind of played it off as the October Halloweenish, you know, vibe of Hell in a Cell. So every time we got October running around, we needed a Hell in a Cell pay per view. Lame. Lame. I don't want a gimmick match on rotation once a year all because it's the fucking month of October. Why couldn't we change that? Why couldn't we change that? Why did we need Hell in a Cell as its own pay-per-view? Now Triple H, moving forward, has gotten rid of it. Good. Triple H is doing what Vince McMahon should have did, but Vince McMahon didn't change any of the things that need to be changed because he wanted it his way and if he gave in to everybody, he would look weak. How many times has this discussion been brought up? Hell in a Cell being taken away from the month of October and not being given its own pay-per-view. How many times has this been discussed? Vince and Bruce didn't change it because if they did, then they would look wrong.
1: There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports and support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So we kept it. Hell in a Cell in October and then Survivor
0: Series War Games in November. Can't have two of the same looking matches, but they're not. They're not the two same match. They they don't have nothing to do with each other. Do the structures look different? Not really, but it's not the same match. They didn't understand the concept of War Games. So yes, it could have been given its own spot at Survivor Series, but they didn't want to because they wanted to keep Hell in a Cell as a pay-per-view instead of just leaving it as as a gimmick that was really needed when a feud called for it. Then the other thing is Dusty Rhodes. You mentioned Dusty Rhodes and the fact that War Games was a Dusty Rhodes creation. There you go. Why didn't Vince use it? Because it wasn't a Vince McMahon creation. Why didn't he want to use it? because it was used in WCW and it wasn't my concept. Simple. Triple H don't give a fuck. WWE owns it all. So why not? You have no problem using Halloween Havoc on NXT, which is by the last time I saw an NXT promotion that is run by WWE. You have no problem using Halloween Havoc. You got no you got no problem using the Great American Bash or New Year's Evil. All WCW concepts. Now, but this one you didn't want to use. You actively did not want to make Survivor Series must see. And you actively wanted to keep Hell in a Cell as its own pay per view. And you actively wanted no change in WWE. That's from what Brian James is saying, the vibe I get. Good. Vince is gone. He's enjoying post life now WWE. Good. Get him out and keep him out. Nobody wants him back ever again. Nobody gives a fuck about Vince McMahon. WrestleMania 39. Lots of WrestleMania 39 news and rumors coming out of this week. Predominantly centered around Logan Paul, John Cena, and Stone Cold Steve Austin. WWE is looking towards April 1 and April 2. 2023, Los Angeles. WrestleMania at SoFi Stadium. WrestleMania goes Hollywood. Now, the company clearly wants The Rock. They want The Rock. They want him to wrestle Roman. I don't know how likely that is or if it is going to happen. I think if it didn't happen, we would have heard about it already. Roman would have dumbed it down or Dwayne would have dumbed it down. The possibility of that match all depends on Dwayne's schedule, it all depends on how available The Rock is. Now, there continues to be more smoke to the fire in regards to Stone Cold Steve Austin coming back for one match. He said he's open to listening to offers for a WrestleMania 39 match because of how successful his match was this year in the main event of Saturday's show, Night 1, against Kevin Owens. And the company has reportedly offered him another match against who? Nobody knows. WWE is also looking into bringing a lot of celebrities in for WrestleMania 39. Uh, Dave Meltzer talked about this on one of the Wrestling Observer live shows this week and said that WWE considers WrestleMania an all-hands-on-deck situation, which reflects the big plans the company hopes to accomplish. It's all hands on deck, says Dave Meltzer. They've got two nights for WrestleMania, and there's big money matches that they can do. There's a bunch of them. It will be a big show, no doubt about it. It it may be the biggest WrestleMania of all time. You think Paul Levesque is going into this WrestleMania not wanting to fucking outdo all the other WrestleManias before this one? This is Triple H's first WrestleMania. If you don't think he's going to load this show up with every fucking name possible and every possible dream match that he can possibly do right now, you're out of your mind. This is the same thing I've said about everything else Paul Levesque has done. He is looking to change everything about how WWE used to operate. He wants to shut the deniers down. He wants to shut the haters up. He wants to shut his own father-in-law up. He wants to outdo his own father-in-law. He can sit there and brag about how Vince did this and how Vince taught him that and this and that and what Vince and the advice that Vince gave him. Fine. Triple H is obviously doing his own thing. We see it. We, 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 we understand it. We, we love it for the most part. You don't think Triple H is trying to outdo everything Vince McMahon did and make a name and a legacy for himself after what Vince McMahon did to him? Vince McMahon fucking tore his entire brand down that he built for 10 years. Triple H was leading NXT, which was the best thing in all of pro wrestling. Vince McMahon tore it down the first opportunity he got. You don't think Triple H is out for some sort of fucking revenge internally? You don't think this man goes to sleep every night thinking, I can't wait to do what I need to do, so my legacy is restored? This WrestleMania is going to be the biggest WrestleMania of all time. SoFi Stadium is already sold out, nearly sold out for night one and night two. There's not one fucking match announced. Why do you think that is? All of a sudden, people are now interested in the WWE product. Let's go back and look at WrestleMania this year. They were in a stadium just as big as SoFi Stadium. They could not sell out night one and night two. This year is a different story. 2023 is a different story. It's already on its way to being sold out. Why? Because there is an uptick in interest about what Paul Levesque is doing. There is an uptick in interest because there were a lot of people that did not want to watch the show that was run by Vincent Kennedy McMahon. As soon as Vince McMahon was gone, those people started to come back. Those people now understand that Vince is not there I'm going to give the WWE another shot because I fucking hated what Vince McMahon did. Triple H is running the show. I'm going to give him a chance. People have largely liked what Triple H has done. It's not perfect by any means. Royal Rumble is is on its way to being the biggest Royal Rumble gate of all time in 31 years. Why is that? Just by some mere fucking, oh yeah, WWE's hot all of a sudden. There's a reason why it's hot. Paul Levesque is in Vince McMahon's out. There's a different buzz about the product now that Triple H has taken over. Maybe what Triple H did in NXT was the right way all along, which I've been preaching for the last 5 or 6 years. Royal Rumble sold out. Elimination Chamber is going to be sold out. In Montreal WrestleMania is on its way to being sold out. Stock is nearly $80 a share. Why? Why? Cuz Vince is gone. All hands on deck. It will absolutely be all hands on deck. One of the major matches being discussed is John Cena and Logan Paul. This is one of the rumored opponents for John Cena. We talked about this last week. There are other names that I'd like to see John Cena wrestle. Adam Copeland, Edge, right? I'd love to see Edge and John Cena one last time as I think John Cena is one of, one of John Cena's greatest rivals is indeed Edge. And if Edge is going to retire this year, I'd like to see that match at least take place one more time. John Cena versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. John Cena versus Gunther. John Cena versus Logan Paul. John Cena versus Austin Theory. Lots of names for John Cena to wrestle. He's got his pick of the litter. But Logan Paul has asked Triple H for a match with John Cena at WrestleMania 39. On the latest impulsive podcast, Logan Paul talked about a potential match with John Cena at WrestleMania 39. After the Crown Jewel event, John Cena posted about me on his Instagram, and then I saw an article saying he's looking for an opponent at WrestleMania. I favored it. He responded with eye emojis in a comment. I mean, truthfully, I think me versus John Cena would break the internet. I texted Triple H right away. Do you want me to break the internet again? That's a dream matchup, dude, at WrestleMania in LA on my birthday. Triple H, throw me a bone. Give me a birthday present. Let me take out John Cena. That would be crazy. I think that's the model I'm going to pitch to WWE. To give you an insight into what our meetings look like this week, we're meeting with them. I'm just going to be like, hey, this works for me. Put me up against the best you have. I'm going to fucking deliver. You know that for a fact. Not only to put on an amazing match, I'm going to put asses in seats and eyeballs glued to the television. He's not wrong. After what we saw him do against Roman Reigns, do you doubt what the man can do now? After what we saw him do in Saudi Arabia against Roman Reigns, are you going to look at this man and what he says and not believe everything that he says? WWE had Logan Paul jump off the top turnbuckle through a fucking table on Roman Reigns while he filmed the whole whole thing for social media, and it was the most viral clip that WWE has ever had in its history. John Cena versus Logan Paul is going to be a big money match if that is indeed the direction that they go. John Cena is a major, major attraction. Logan Paul versus John... Everybody knows who John Cena is. Everybody. John Cena, believe it or not, you know, I'm not even talking about the wrestling landscape now. Roman Reigns is known in the wrestling bubble as Roman Reigns. He's the biggest name in the industry right now. John Cena is a transcendent name. Not only is he a bigger name than Roman Reigns in the pro wrestling landscape, John Cena is a bigger name to everybody not watching WWE. You've watched a movie with John Cena, you've heard him in a car commercial, you've seen him fucking sell hefty trash bags. John Cena is everywhere. He's everywhere. That match is going to attract so many different aspects outside of professional wrestling. It may actually be the perfect match for John Cena to have at WrestleMania if you are really asking yourself, well, who's the best opponent for John Cena? He's not in anything major. He's not going to be in a world championship storyline. He's not going to be on TV regularly. He's coming in and then he's leaving. So why not? Is it the one match that I would prefer to see? No. Me personally, no. You have a very small window to do John Cena versus Stone Cold Steve Austin, that is the match. That is the match you need to do because Stone Cold's only getting older. He's nearing 60. John Cena's not going to be around forever. But if you wait on Stone Cold and John Cena, that door may close after this year. Stone Cold may not want to do it anymore. He may say, you know what? I'm done. You got it right now. You got it right now. Present it right now. As the match, you may actually have it happen. It is a generational fucking clash of talents. It is generation versus generation. It's John Cena versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. When did you ever think that that match would even be possible? One year ago, we're not talking about this because Stone Cold Steve Austin has been retired for 20 years. Now you're talking about Stone Cold and John Cena happening potentially at WrestleMania because John Cena needs an opponent. Stone Cold is now training for Whatever the fuck he's got going on, he can hide it however he wants. They already said that his match has been pitched. They gave him an offer to wrestle with a match at WrestleMania again, seeing how popular it was and how big it was at this year's WrestleMania. If you don't act on this and strike on this now, you may never have that door open again. You could do John Cena, Logan Paul at WrestleMania 40. Logan Paul ain't going anywhere. He signed a multi-year deal. John Cena, I understand, is a busy guy. But John Cena's not 60 years old like Stone Cold Steve Austin. You could always do that match at WrestleMania 40. That sounds like a big round number as well. Either way, it's a big match. I think Cena versus Stone Cold is the right match. Logan Paul, who would you put him in there against if he's not wrestling John Cena? I don't know. I don't know. Who do you put him in there against? It's got to be a major name. Now, I know a lot of people are thinking, well, maybe we do Stone Cold versus Brock Lesnar. You're not going to put Stone Cold in there at 60 years old against Brock Lesnar. It's not a match that I physically want to see at this stage of both men's careers. It doesn't work that way. But Stone Cold, you know, the other big name that people are talking about as far as Stone Cold Steve Austin, if this is even remotely possible, which at this point, I don't think it is. I don't think it's ever going to happen. The only way we get Logan Paul and John Cena at WrestleMania 39 is if this match happens and we're not talking about Austin and John Cena. CM Punk versus Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania 39. It's not possible. It's not. There was backstage news on this match potentially happening at WrestleMania. Backstage news within WWE on what is being said about this potential match. In the latest edition of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Dave Meltzer reported regarding Austin's offer to return. There is smoke to the fire and something is in the discussion phase. The idea is being discussed internally that are being kept very secret. Austin could work with a younger guy like he did with Kevin Owens to help carry the match and elevate the younger star. On the other hand, Austin could work with a bigger name such as Brock Lesnar, nope, John Cena, I'd like to see it, or CM Punk. For Punk, he's still under AEW contract until he's free of the promotion. There's a rumor about a potential buyout, but it's legally impossible for WWE to even do the match right now. There's been speculation that WWE would have Austin versus Punk on night one, and then Roman Reigns versus The Rock on night two as main event. Meltzer added that when asked about the potential for Punk, it appears from a creative team standpoint, it's not positive because most of them followed what happened in AEW. Sources state that they also recognize this will be a decision made by Paul Levesque, Stephanie McMahon, and Nick Khan. It's not going to happen. I want to let you guys understand. I want to let you know something. And you need to understand. CM Punk is legally binded to all elite wrestling. Tony Khan is not, in a thousand lifetimes, going to let CM Punk go now when WrestleMania is looming, knowing that there is a a potential to let him go now and him walk into WWE. I don't know how long... If he does get a buyout, how long that non-compete is, and the only thing that's keeping the buyout from happening, supposedly, is the legality behind the non-compete clause. How long it's going to be, and et cetera, et cetera. Tony Khan is never going to allow this match to happen, ever. you got to be crazy to think he's that stupid. Tony Khan, for all we know, could end up bringing Punk back. Does AEW need punk? I want to say no. But in the light of everything that's happened leading into Full Gear, which I thought was a great show last night, things have been very, very sour for AEW. Attendance has been weak. Ratings have fallen. And they continue to not look good. Shows don't feel good. Creative seems to be missing. That fire, that essence is missing. Did that all go away when CM Punk went away? I don't know. Tony Khan, for all we know, could end up bringing Punk back. And we don't know what's going on with Punk. Punk is a big mystery. He can go on any MMA show and make fucking inside jokes about what had happened. You know, AEW Fight Forever had removed CM Punk from the video game cover. Now Kenny Omega is front and center as the star of the cover. Punk was on the cover. He's not, I don't even know if he's in the game anymore. For all we know, he could be ending up as DLC for AEW Fight Forever. Nobody knows what's going on with CM Punk. But nobody also should be talking about CM Punk for Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania 39. It's never going to happen. Maybe fucking 20 years ago, this could have happened. In 2023, not a chance. And Stone Cold... That Stone Cold window is all but shut, man. That window is fucking cracked open. He may want to do another match, but who's to say after this he's going to want to do anything? How much longer do you think Stone Cold is going to want to wrestle? Stone Cold doesn't seem like the type of guy to continue to throw himself out there after having one great match after 19 years. I thought the Kevin Owens match was very good. It was a serviceable main event. It felt like a main event. But that doesn't mean he's going to throw himself out there after one good match year after year after year. He may say, you know what? I'm not going to test my luck. You go to the casino, you fucking pull the handle down, you win the nice jackpot, you're not going to give them back your money and continue gambling. You're going to take that money, you're going to cash out, and then you're going to have yourself a nice dinner and a couple of nice beverages. Stone Cold is not going to go in there and say, you know what, yeah, I'm going to do this for another three, four years. Tony Khan is not letting CM Punk go, and Stone Cold Steve or CM Punk is all but dead. The only way you'll see it is in AEW Fight Forever. Now, Stone Cold has commented on the WWE return rumors. There was a video of him working out that went viral. People were like, yep, he's definitely getting ready for something. So he took to Instagram this weekend to explain why he's been posting workout videos on his account as of late. The workout videos have added fuel to the reports that Austin is looking at possibly wrestling one more match at WrestleMania 39. Various places, including WrestleVotes and Fightful, reported on the talk in WWE about Austin coming back, and Meltzer wrote in the Observer Newsletter that there is smoke to the fire like I just had mentioned. Austin said on Instagram that he's received questions asking if he's training for an event, but he said that he is simply working out more because... He got tired of looking like shit. Austin did not specifically comment on the reports that say he's in talks with WWE about returning, and he did not shoot down the idea of wrestling again. This was basically Stone Cold Steve Austin's way, in a very stone-cold way, to say, hey, I'm not wrestling. I'm inactive. I look like shit. Mind your business. I do this for me, which can be taken one way or the other. You could believe that he looks like shit. I don't think he's ever looked like shit. I don't think Stone Cold would let himself look like shit, right? But that's his excuse. But what did you expect him to say? Did you expect him to answer questions about a WrestleMania appearance or a big event he's working out for? Yeah, I'm getting ready for my next wrestling match. Yeah, WWE asked me to work WrestleMania next year. I'm getting myself in shape. We got November, December, January, February, March. I got five months to get ready. I gotta look great. I may be in there with the young stud, John Cena. The fuck did you expect him to say? Of course he's gonna say he looks like shit. It's an easy out. Even though we all know he doesn't look like shit. Austin got ready for Kevin Owens. How much can he deteriorate from April all the way up until November? There may have been a lot of Stone Cold IPA in his fucking daily routine. If he looks that bad, he doesn't. It's an easy cop-out for Stone Cold Steve Austin, but he did not deny any reports about a WWE return, a match, or he didn't shoot down any idea of wrestling again. Jonah. Triple H is bringing back people that once were heralded as the future of the company. For at least a big, big deal in the company. Jonah is one of them. He will be wrestling in the WWE ring again. And I'm very excited about that. Jonah has an offer to return to WWE. Who's Jonah? Bronson Reed. Bronson Reed has an offer to return to the company. Now since Triple H has taken over, he's brought back several stars. Several stars. Mia Yim, Johnny Gargano, Candice LeRae, Braun Strowman, Bray Wyatt, just to name a few. Hit Row, Emma, just to name a few. Now, Jonah was a part of NXT from 2018 to 2021. He's a former NXT North American champion. And despite such an impressive push, because he was a project under Triple H, and rumors of a main roster call-up when he was in NXT... Reed was released in August of 2021. He's worked with Impact Wrestling. He's found success in New Japan Pro Wrestling. And while speaking with Wrestling Observer Live, Dave Meltzer noted that Jonas received an offer from WWE and is now deciding whether he wants to stay with New Japan Pro Wrestling or go back to WWE. Jonah certainly has an offer from WWE, and he's got to make a decision. Will it be New Japan Pro Wrestling, or will it be World Wrestling Entertainment? He's got a great push in New Japan, and you know it's going to be his call at the end of the day. That's all that's been said. That's all that's been reported in regards to Joni. He's got a deal to return. He's got an offer to return. Now, I don't know what his contract status is with New Japan, I don't think that it is a long-term deal. He may be operating on a short-term basis. It may actually come to an end at the end of Wrestle Kingdom. Who knows? We may see Bronson Reed, Jonah in the Royal Rumble, for all we know. But honestly, at the end of the day, it's going to come down to what is easier for him. What is the easier schedule for him? Does he like working on his own? Does he like traveling abroad? Does he like being away from home. You know, everybody kind of congregated in that Orlando area. They all live in Orlando or or outskirts of Orlando. That's where the WWE is primarily grounded. That's their home base. Does he want to be in the United States, grounded closer to his family? Or does he want to be traveling all over the place, being a traveling act, working New Japan, working Impact, working this, working that, who knows what his aspirations are? Maybe he wants to be IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. Maybe that's one of the things that he wants to mark off on his bucket list. I don't know how long that's going to be till he's the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, if that is his goal. Is he ever going to achieve that goal? Is right now the time to achieve that goal? I don't know. Who's to say what he's going to do? But if he's got things and things he wants to do and goals for himself... Who's anybody to say he should go here, he should go there? He's going to do what the fuck he wants to do. But at the end of the day, he's looking at this WWE deal. He sees the regime change. He sees that Vince is no longer in charge. He sees that some of Vince's yes men are still there. who I'm sure had a hand in his firing. Bronson Reed was probably looked at by Bruce Pritchard. Bronson Reed was probably looked at by Kevin. <laughs> What? You know, they, they were all looking at him. Vince, this guy doesn't fit our description of what a superstar looks like. He's fat. We don't like fat guys on our roster, right? Oh, let, Let's get rid of him, Vince. <laughs> you don't think Bronson Reed wants to go back there and prove everybody wrong? You don't think Bronson Reed has a fucking bone to pick with the people that got rid of him? You don't think he wants to make good on everything that he was promised and had taken away from him? There's no reason why this man should have been released. None. This guy was NXT North American Champion, got a tryout twice on SmackDown, and then was released. Why? He was released for a couple of reasons. One of the reasons I just mentioned, they thought he was fat. The other reason was, he was a Paul Levesque project. Oh, this kid is being mentored by Paul Levesque and his team. Get rid of him. He's old, he's fat, and he doesn't look like the type of guy that we need on television. Terrible. You don't think he wants to go back there and make good on all this? There's a reason why he's going to end up back in WWE, and that is the reason. Triple H is probably telling him, listen. I promised you something. I could not help you. My father-in-law was a deviant. Come back to the company. We're going to pick up with you right where you left off. Bronson Reed would be fan-fucking-tastic on the main roster. Fantastic. Just picture him and Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship, but just picture him and Sheamus. Him versus anybody, really. Seth Rollins versus Bronson Reed for the United States Championship. Bobby Lashley versus Bronson Reed. Bronson Reed is fucking awesome. He'll be back in WWE, no doubt about it. He'll fucking work his New Japan dates. He'll probably go through Wrestle Kingdom, get that big stage at the Tokyo Dome, and then probably end up back in the Royal Rumble. I'm predicting we see Bronson Reed in the Royal Rumble. 2023. There are other details as far as contracts with who Triple H is brought back. This is coming from Fightful Select. Most of the talent brought back to the company is operating under three-year deals that expire in 2025. Hit Row have all three-year deals. Mia Yim, Johnny Gargano, Candice LeRoy, Braun Strowman, Bray Wyatt, three-year deals. A number of returning talents negotiated the ability to continue some of their outside projects that they wouldn't be able to under their previous deals before they were released. Also, the rules around stars using outside platforms were eased around the time of WrestleMania and later eased even further under the new management. So, Twitch and YouTube streaming, Cameo. I don't know if that includes OnlyFans. I I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what extent the uh, other platforms are being given how easy it is to get on all the platforms under the current WWE regime but it's not as strict as what Vince McMahon laid down all Adam Cole wanted to do was play fucking video games on Twitch he basically went into Vince McMahon's office and said Vince I like streaming video games on Twitch Super Mario Sky wanted to play fucking Super Mario All-Stars this guy wanted to play Mario Kart bro on Twitch. This guy wanted to fucking get involved with Halo on Twitch. Nah. Now we can't have you streaming on Twitch. Video games. What's that, Bruce? (laughs) Get rid of him. Basically told Adam Cole, no, there's the door. Now, we don't want you to play video games, but we also want you to cut your hair and change your name completely. Everything about Adam Cole, goodbye. Adam Cole, baby, goodbye. No, no, that's too over with the audience. We can't have you do that. We can't have you do that, man. We can't have you looking better than what we're giving you, all right? So, come on, man. There's the door if you don't like what we're giving you. It's unbelievable. Yet, everybody, there are people online legitimately that miss Vince McMahon. It's unbelievable to me. Randy Orton. Randy Orton. It looks like Randy Orton will not be involved in anything. Moving forward, at least, at least for the time being. Kim Orton, the wife of WWE superstar Randy Orton, posted a photo of her husband on Instagram this week from a hospital bed. She did not give details on what was going on, but PW Insider reported that Randy Orton was in Birmingham, Alabama this week. Wrestlers typically are flown to Birmingham for surgeries. Orton is out of action with a back issue. If he did indeed get back surgery this week, then it means that he won't be back in action anytime soon. She wrote on Instagram, and I quote, seven wonderful years with the man of my dreams. You're batshit crazy, but so am I. I trust you and you trust me. We could conquer the fucking world together if we feel like it. But for now, I just want you to be my daddy And me to be your mama and raise our beautiful children together as one big happy family. Family, love, loyalty. We have that tattooed on our bodies because it's the most important thing to us. Me, you, our family, and close friends. That's all that matters. Thank you for loving me the way that you do. Happy anniversary. If y'all only knew why this pic was taken and then she leaves. Crying emojis, sunglass emojis, and a kissy emoji. Hashtag in sickness and in health. Randy Orton may have already gotten surgery. This picture may have been taken fucking months ago. This picture may have been taken months ago, and she saved it for specifically to tweet or Instagram for their anniversary. Maybe it's been a long, hard road to get all through this, and Randy Orton has already gotten the surgery, and he's on the road to recovery, and he will be hopefully ready Uh, by the spring of 2023 he's been out since when may he's been out he went out right around when cody rhodes went out and wwe i would love to see randy orton back on television i mean god forbid you know matt riddle needs him more than anything matt riddle's over there playing the bong with elias jobbing he's at the bottom of the barrel on monday night raw nobody wants to see that shit I miss Randy Orton, bro. I do. Orton Riddle, WrestleMania. It sells itself. Hopefully he's back. For all we know, like I said, this may be something that has already happened already. I don't know. But PW is reporting that Randy Orton was in Birmingham this week, so who knows? And if he was in Birmingham and he did get surgery, I wish him nothing but the best. I can't wait for him to be back. He's awesome. NXT, let's shift gears to NXT, man. Reason why several WWE NXT stars have been missing from television. Now, WWE, if you guys watch NXT, which at this point, I don't know why you do. They brought in several NXT UK stars to the NXT brand on Tuesday night when they shut down NXT UK a few months ago because they're getting ready to launch NXT Europe in 2023. Now, on Tuesday's episode of NXT, Javier Bernal, who? Your guess is as good as mine. Javier Bernal called out several members of the NXT roster who are currently unavailable, including Gallos, who's been suspended in storyline. At the same time, Ilya Dragunov was written off television due to an injury angle. Axiom also hasn't wrestled in weeks, although he's appeared in a backstage segment since. Gallus last wrestled on the September 14th edition of NXT where they were defeated by Brooks Jensen and Josh Briggs in a pub rules match. Dave Meltzer noted on the Observer Radio this week that some NXT stars are missing due to recent visa issues. So if you are thinking, well, NXT could be a lot better, where's Gallus? Where's Ilya Dragunov? Recent visa issues is the problem for all of these guys. Yeah, they're either injured, which is actually a code word word for getting their visas worked on in some cases, and suspended, which is also a code word for getting their visas worked on and guys actually injured. End quote, says Dave Meltzer. So visa issues is the reason. Gallus is getting their visa taken care of. Ilya Dragunov may have had some lingering injuries and possibly a visa issue. Always going to be a common thing when you're coming over from working predominantly in the United Kingdom to working full-time in the United States. It's just something that happens, man. But Ilya Dragunov, Gallus, they make the show better. They obviously and apparently make the show better. So, yes, their presence is missing. But I watched NXT on Tuesday. It wasn't that terrible of a show. It was actually a pretty decent show. But it is nowhere near where the vibe needs to be. It still sounds like a kiddie crowd. It still looks like a kitty program. Nothing about that show really resonates with me on Tuesday night. The talent is great. Don't get me wrong. There are talented guys. There are talented women on that program. But it just doesn't resonate with me. And I may be fickle in my ways. But there's no way you can watch what Black and Gold did and then willingly accept or so easily accept what they're doing on Tuesday night. I can't do it. Let's shift gears to AEW Dynamite, man. AEW had a major show last night for full gear. And MJF was the star of the show, winning the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. AEW beat Jon Moxley in the main event to win the world title. William Regal slipped him the brass knuckles. And he turns on Jon Moxley and the Blackpool Combat Club. I'm assuming we'll hear on Wednesday what had happened and how all of this went down and why it all transpired on Saturday night. There is a new era happening in AEW. And that is the MJF era. I watched the post-show media scrum with MJF appearing. Uh, He was there briefly for about three minutes. He went over how he fooled everybody, how everybody hung on to every word that he said, and everybody was a fucking virgin mark who watched the show from their grandmother's basement, hanging on and believing everything he said. MJF, after the show was over, was back, which is a beautiful thing to see. Now, Jesse and I did not hang on to every word that MJF said. We felt like MJF was kind of heading in this direction. We knew MJF needed to reveal himself as the real MJF. Kind of silly for them to build this entire thing up as babyface MJF, right? But Jesse and I on Wednesdays did say that he needs to be a heel. He needs to be the Max that we have come to know, love, and appreciate on Wednesday night. And he seemingly had a coming out party right in front of Tony Khan at the Full Gear Media Scrum after the show was over. So we won the world title. What is next? We don't know what's next. All we have right now is opinion and speculation. My ideal MJF situation for the world title. MJF needs to be the Roman Reigns of AEW. He's won the world championship at full gear. He's not losing that championship all year. We're going to go through Revolution. We're going to go through Double or Nothing. We're going to go through All Out. We're going to go through Full Gear, possibly Forbidden Door. We're going to go through all their major shows, Grand Slam and Beach Break and Winter is Coming and all these other fucking shows. MJF will be the face of the company until his quote-unquote contract expires in 2024, where he's still vehemently denying that he signed a contract extension with AEW, which in turn means to me he did sign a contract extension with AEW. He will be with AEW for a very long time. He's not going anywhere right now. But what do we do with MJF? We discussed very detailed on last night's show that MJF right now does he have any true legit baby faces in the company to work at or work with at a high level, a main event level? He does. He does. Are they like Kenny Omega level? No. But it's enough to get Max through the entire year. We mentioned Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston would be a perfect opportunity against somebody like MJF. MJF's promo against an Eddie Kingston promo. Sign me the fuck up, bro. Sign me up. I don't know how long Eddie Kingston's going to be able to do this at the level he's doing it. Kind of tired of Eddie Kingston going on the I want this guy, I want that guy from Japan tour. Eddie Kingston is still a valuable asset to AEW. I can see Eddie Kingston being slotted as one of MJF's early opponents in the title reign to establish MJF. Plus, it's a great story. How many times has Eddie Kingston had a shot at the world championship? MJF putting the title on the line and and, and Eddie Kingston going after MJF to try and get that title back, that would be tremendous. Plus, he's very good friends with Jon Moxley. So that would make sense as far as a best friend coming to the aid of another friend who got done dirty. It's not the way Eddie Kingston rolls. So you got a couple of stories there that you could really weave into the MJF-Eddie Kingston story. But MJF and Eddie Kingston, with Eddie Kingston chasing the big one, I think that would be great storytelling. And they'd knock it out of the park. The other thing you could do with MJF is obviously we know of the four pillars of AEW. MJF, Darby Allen, Sammy Guevara, Jungle Boy, Jack Perry, right? MJF is in, is in a position right now, as, as a, uh, we, and we mentioned this on the post show last night as well. MJF it is, is in a position right now where he works with anybody. He's going to be able to get whatever he's working in and whatever he's doing with anybody over. That's how good he is. If you want to take MJF and put him at a level where he's wrestling pillar after pillar after pillar after pillar until he knocks all those pillars down, I mean, that would be incredible. Imagine MJF knocking down Jungle Boy as one of the pillars, as champion. Imagine Darby Allen knocking, uh, or MJF rather, knocking Darby Allen down, one of the pillars down. Imagine MJF going after Sammy Guevara, knocking him down. So building up all the pillars through all these years, all the they didn't even put them on a t-shirt, all the pillars of AEW challenging MJF and MJF knocking them down one after the other. I mean, that sells itself. And MJF has wrestled all of those guys before, so we know that MJF can have tremendous matches with all three of those guys. Any one of those matches could be matching your candidate with MJF. And we've seen it already. He's wrestled Jungle Boy, incredible. Darby Allen, absolutely fucking incredible. And Sammy Gavari's wrestled. He's at a point right now where he's able to lead this show on his own. He doesn't need a faction. He doesn't need backup. He's good as advertised. He's already did all that. He's worked with Jericho. He's worked as leader of the pinnacle with Wardlow and the FTR and Sean Spears. He's always had people around him to help him along the way. Now he's the world champion. Why does he need to be surrounded with anybody? All he needs is someone like a Regal. That's fine. Who's going to deny the services of William Regal? MJF is at a point right now where you're looking at year one and looking at year three. This is not the same fucking Max. It's not. Max tried to do everything he could to try and get his name out there. Wrestling, promos, working with Jericho, leading his own group, this and that, and all these other shits that he did. He doesn't need any of that now. He's at such a professional level right now. We're, we're talking about MJF at 26 years old, about being the next Dwayne, about being the next Stone Cold Steve Austin. We're talking about how good he is and talking about him being in discussion when his career is fucking over before his career even starts. He's going to be at the level of a stone cold. He's going to be exactly what he says. He's a transcending superstar. you think everything he says is bullshit online or, or bullshit on the show. What he says holds weight, holds value. And it's going to be a day and age in AEW that hopefully takes its out of the darkness from what we saw of All Out and into the future. This show was a changing of the guard. This show was a turning of the page for AEW. This show crowned MJF as the new world champion. This show crowned Jamie Hayter as the new women's champion. This show had the acclaimed, retain the AEW Tag Team Championships. Orange Cassidy is the All-Atlantic Champion. Death Triangle hold the trio's championships. There's not one fucking guy or woman in the list of names there that predominantly are... WWE talents. They're all homegrown talents. Pac had his days in WWE, but they fucking ruined him. They buried him beyond recognition. Pac was a day oneer. pack has been here since day one. So I attribute Pac to being day one AEW. This is his home. Lucha Brothers have been there since day one. Jamie hader has been there since the very beginning. The acclaimed have been there since the very beginning. MJF has been there since the very beginning. The names that are holding championship gold in this company is exactly what the fans signed up to see. That is impressive. And that's why I think AEW made a great creative move coming out of full gear, and I hope that they keep that momentum going. Because a lot of people were disenfranchised with the show. You can go watch WWE on Monday, on Tuesday, and on Friday. It's great to have a Swerve and a Keith Lee and an Adam Cole and an Andrade and a Malachi and this one and that one in AEW. Great. But it just happened so frequently. It happened every single week, every single month. He was bringing in everybody that was released from WWE. Yep, they walked right on into AEW. It kind of lost its identity along the way. More WWE guys on AEW television than I saw on WWE. You think that sat well with people? The audience may appreciate those talents, but the WWE audience, you know, they're getting what they're getting. They're presenting who they're presenting. If I want to go watch WWE, I'll just go watch Raw and SmackDown. I don't want to watch Wednesday night, which is being billed as an alternative to WWE and see WWE... Mentioning WWE every single week, pot shot here, pot shot there. It became a little too much. I do believe fans became disenfranchised with the AEW product. I feel like fans felt like me. They lost passion in AEW because they lost their sense of direction. They lost their essence. The essence wasn't the same. It wasn't. From year one to year three, it wasn't the same. When Cody went away, it wasn't the same. When Punk did what he did and the elite were suspended, it wasn't the same. I'm never going to turn down a Brian Danielson or a Chris Jericho or or a Claudio. I can't do that. Those guys, I mean, that's self-explanatory. They fit AEW like a glove. But it happened with every, everybody you saw on NXT television, black and gold, is in AEW. I understand. Everybody's got a a fucking knack for talent. You want all the top talent, but you can't bring all of them in at the same fucking time and then promise them all TV time at the same time. People kind of lost their passion for AEW. They did. The Ring of Honor shit did not help either. Mixing that with the Ring of Honor shit, presenting Ring of Honor more so on AEW television than AEW. Like, what is the show that I'm watching? It is basically everything mixed up, and I don't know what is what, who is who, which champion is which champion, and why there are so many championships. Two hours of TV time, one hour of Rampage, which is not really booked as a show people care about, three hours of weekly television, and we're getting predominantly 60% Ring of Honor and 40% Dynamite. That all changes now with MJF. That needs to change with MJF. Business needs to get back to normal with MJF as the world champion, MJF is must-see, MJF is going to keep you captivated, everything that MJF does is going to be a major program. MJF is fantastic. It's going to be now a new test for Max to really keep the interest on him as world champion and keep how great he's been going. Can he continue to reinvent himself? Can he continue to be that Max that we love? Can he continue to be the guy that we are going to invest our time in? Is he going to be the guy that we want to see weekly on television? I would not put Max on TV weekly. I would not put him out there like Tony Khan did CM Punk. People were already saying Punk on TV fucking two or three times a week. Every week it got a little overbearing. I don't want to see Max every week. I want to see Max when it calls for Max to be on the show. You don't see Roman every week. You don't see Roman every week. Tony Khan needs to follow the same fucking formula. Yes, I'm putting Max in the discussion of Roman Reigns. He absolutely deserves to be there. Tony Khan does not need to present MJF on TV every week. Tony Khan needs to have Max on TV when it calls for him to be there. In the meantime, he needs to have people in place that are going to take that when Max is not there and take the show and keep it at the same level when MJF is not there. Who that guy is? I don't know. I don't know. But as far as MJF going into 2023, there are no shortage of opponents right now. Darby Allen, Jungle Boy. I mean, th- this is just simple shit. Are they on a main event? Let's get this in the major main event spot on any show. No, it's not going to be a blowaway main event. I don't think anybody is at that Kenny Omega level. We got Jungle Boy. We got Darby Allen. We got Sammy Guevara. We got Eddie Kingston. We got Adam Page, which I'm sure they're going to go and do. We just got to build Adam Page back up. Because that and they, that situation, and they both collectively have a little bit of history together. Stemming from year one. It was either going to be MJF or Adam Page wrestling for the first ever world championship. And now the tides have turned. Adam Page has held the championship. MJF is now the current champion. It'd be nice for them to butt heads. I think that would be a great match. The ideas are there. MJF should be... Listen, he should be easy to book. He should be very easy to book his champion. Just let him go and do what he needs to do. But this is a new era. I hope that this is a turning of the page. I hope that this is a wake-up call. And I love the fact that the champions that I mentioned, they're all homegrown AEW talent. You don't see one... Outside of FTR, one ex-WWE talent holding a title. Samoa Joe made TNT title. I don't really consider that right now in the upper echelon of titles. Samoa Joe's the TNT title. FTR's the tag team titles, but... Or actually, no, they're not even tag team titles. I claim. There's so many fucking championships to come here, I don't know. But, yes, mostly all homegrown talent. This was a statement show. This was a changing of the guard show. We're moving into a new era. I hope that Tony Khan has shit planned for Wednesday, and I hope we are moving on from everything that happened in September. MJF says he did not sign a contract. He stated that he is being paid a lot more after returning two months ago, but hasn't signed a new deal that would replace his existing contract. I know the truth. I most certainly haven't. I think that wrestling fans are kind of just doing that to kid themselves, so maybe they feel a little less heartbroken as things are going on. Now, I'll tell you this, bonus and brownie points for Tony Khan for paying me what he's paying me now with no extension. He did not have to do that, end quote. In September, MJF stated that he's now making a stupid, absurd amount of money with AEW, but is doing so without signing contract extension, It was later reported that MJF is making more than $1 million per year. A, he deserves it. B, the more he says he didn't sign a contract extension, the more it is playing into a big storyline that when his contract extension is up, it will be made into a storyline for MJF. I just feel like the contract extension was signed, they're playing it off as if he didn't sign one, and it's going to turn into a major, major program going into 2024, where he's pretending as, or storyline-wise, not an AEW-contracted employee, but still is the AEW world champion. That's just my prediction. I do think he did sign a contract for AEW or a re-extension for AEW, and he's there at least for another three years. He's not up in 2024. No way. There's no way Tony Khan is allowing him to just, sit there and talk about his desires to go to WWE while on AEW television without signing him to a contract. I'm sorry. I know if I'm Tony Khan, I'm not allowing MJF to mention anything about the fucking company that is competition because that's just fucking, that's, that's ridiculous. Why would you go and have your guy do that? Now, if he's under a contract extension, yes, he could absolutely do whatever the fuck he wants because I know he's not going anywhere. MJF did sign an extension. He's just playing it off as as if he did. Tony Khan says CM Punk never asked for Colt Cabana to be moved from AEW to Ring of Honor. So Tony Khan admitted this during the post-show media scrum after full gear. So Tony Khan has denied that CM Punk asked for Colt Cabana to be removed from the AEW roster and sent to Ring of Honor before the incident at All Out. Cabana hadn't been featured on AEW programming for a while, but was used in Ring of Honor, which led to speculation that Punk had something to do with it because of their friendship that fell apart after Punk's appearance on Cabana's Art of Wrestling podcast in November of 2014. Because Dr. Chris Amon of WWE fame sued them due to Punk's comments. They sued each other, with both lawsuits later being dismissed. There was also speculation that part of the heat between Hangman Page and Punk was due to Cabana not appearing on television. Fast forward to the AEW all-out media scrum. Punk ripped Cabana and the Elite and Adam Page, which led to a backstage brawl. Punk is in talks with AEW, now rumored to be in talks about a contract buyout. Tony Khan was asked about this situation during last night's Full Gear media show. No, he never asked for that. The first time it came up, I think you asked me on a media scrawl, a media scrum call, and I wasn't looking at you, at you face to face. I was, it was really before death, before dishonor. I think he never asked me that I could have probably addressed it then. And I didn't comment on it because I wanted to keep talking about the wrestling that was on the show because Colt Cabana was wrestling on the show and you weren't asking me specifically about the show. So I didn't answer that there. So no. As far as the match with Chris in Baltimore, with Colt Cabana, I thought it made a lot of sense because we had the Ring of Honor Championship Series, and we had talked about Chris Jericho wrestling so many great names in Ring of Honor. And when you talk about great people who have won championships in Ring of Honor, we brought in Bandito, we brought in Dalton Castle, a lot of great people. When we've been booking the shows, I've been using Colt Cabana both as a coach and a wrestler in Ring of Honor. I looked at the roster. He's a very logical challenger because not only has he held Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships, he's also somebody that has been wrestling in the new Ring of Honor, the 2022 Ring of Honor, and is undefeated. I thought he would be a logical challenger for Chris. It was also a good match. Khan also explained that due to Colt being 2-0 in Ring of Honor since he took over the promotion and being a former Ring of Honor champion who was on the Ring of Honor roster, it made sense for him to be used in this role. I don't know if it made sense. Theoretically, looking at it as far as what Jericho was doing per storyline, it probably did not make any sense because they told us and they sold us on the fact that Chris Jericho was only going to wrestle Ring of Honor world champions. Colt Cabana, from my estimation, from my knowledge, is not a Ring of Honor world champion. So they brought in Colt Cabana to wrestle Chris Jericho with the mindset of, He worked Ring of Honor. He was a great talent that held Ring of Honor world championships in the form of tag team championships. He's somebody that's wrestling in Ring of Honor and is undefeated by being 2-0. That's basically Tony Khan not wanting to admit that he was wrong. Cult Cabana did not make any sense per storyline because Chris Jericho only said he was going to wrestle former world champions. Heavyweight champions, the main, the title that he's holding now, the World Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Championship, champions that have held that belt. Tony Khan could have gone out there and brought in Austin Aries. What is Austin Aries doing? You don't know, think Austin Aries and Chris Jericho would have been a great match? What about Davey Richards? Could have brought him in. I've seen him recently on some of Sammy Callahan's independent shows. He looks fucking great. Why not bring him in? There are people out there. You didn't need to use Colt Cabana. You used Colt Cabana because you wanted to fucking throw it in Punk's face because the elite was being on the same show. The elite was being brought back. Vignettes about them and their disappearance from AEW. The same show that you started to advertise their return, Colt Cabana made a return on the show. You don't think that this was done on purpose? Colt Cabana could have been used on any night. He had to be be used on that night. As far as Tony Khan's explanation, it's bullshit. It honestly is bullshit. But for him to say that Punk never asked for Colt Cabana to be moved from AEW to Ring of Honor, I mean, I don't think Tony Khan would be lying there. I don't think Tony Khan would put that type of information out there and have it be wrong. If CM Punk did not request Colt Cabana to be moved, then CM Punk did not request Colt Cabana to be moved. Don't know why the man that runs the company would be lying to a whole bunch of journalists. Doesn't make any sense to me. CM Punk's recovery is actually going very well. There's a positive update in regards to CM Punk. Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter is reporting that Punk's rehab is going really well, which has fans hoping he's ahead of schedule regarding when he will be cleared. It remains unclear the future of CM Punk and what happens after his injury. After making his return in 2021, those close to him have said that Punk has caught the wrestling bug again. What that means, I don't know. Where he wants to wrestle, I don't know. We've heard the rumors about Punk in Austin. We've heard the rumors about a buyout. We don't know what's happening with CM Punk. Meltzer also stated that the relationship between CM Punk and AEW is now heavily strained because of the inclusion of Colt Cabana on a recent episode of Dynamite where he wrestled Chris Jericho. Colt Cabana only wrestling Chris Jericho made things worse as far as the issues between Punk and AEW. Punk remains adamant he had nothing to do about Cabana being gone. Tony Khan backed that up. Don't know why Tony Khan would lie. That Punk, the whole fucking Punk and the Larry issue with him getting his teeth knocked out in the melee that was all out backstage. Yes, Punk probably lied about that because he didn't want to lose the investigation, but Punk seemingly lost the investigation. People seem to be siding with the elite more than they are with CM Punk. So yes, is CM Punk, you know, The probability of him lying out there, sure. He lied about Larry getting his fucking teeth knocked out with the door being kicked open. Door was kicked open, door was forced open. Door was kicked open again, and then Larry got his fucking teeth knocked out. Give me a break. But I do believe Punk in this case. I do. Punk had gotten there. Punk had signed the contract with AEW knowing that Colt Cabana was in the dark order. If Punk joined AEW, one of the first things would have been I want this guy out of the locker room. Otherwise, I'm not signing with the company. If Punk had such a fucking problem with Colt Cabana, I don't think Punk would have joined AEW to begin with. If he hates him that much, Punk joining AEW probably wouldn't even be in discussion. But Punk ended up signing anyway, knowing that Colt Cabana was in the locker room when he got there last year. So if you're asking me if I believe Punk had nothing to do with Cult Cabana and if I believe Tony Khan, I do. In that instance, I do. All the other shit, I mean, you can pick your sides. You can take whichever side you want. There were things that said or were reported in that investigation that didn't really make any fucking sense. There were stories from one side, stories from another side. But in this case, I do believe CM Punk. I do. And I believe Tony Khan. He would have never joined the company if he had that much of a problem with Colt Cabana. Now, a possible CM Punk WWE return. Again, it's not happening. Tony Khan will never allow it to happen. He's currently signed with AE. Tony Khan would rather pay Punk to sit home than risk him going to WWE. He doesn't want that. He's never going to allow that to happen. But, Punk's return is being talked about, possible return. Even though Punk may get his contract buyout, we don't know if there's going to be a non-compete attached to that, WWE, there are some in WWE that greatly oppose his return to the company. Meltzer talked about this in The Observer. I don't know the legalities for Punk, but I think that's the biggest money match of all with Stone Cold Steve Austin. It would be big. There's the injury that Punk might be able to make it to WrestleMania with a torn triceps. Everyone's healing is different. And then there's the legal issue. If you're looking for the match that's going to shake up the business, the Punk match with Austin is the one. But I don't know that Punk will have a release from AEW. There's just a lot of issues there. He also went on to say, Punk's return to WWE would be big if they could do it. That's a big question. Do they want to do it? I know people in WWE who absolutely do not want him there. But they are not the people on the creative team. Everyone knows what happened in AEW. And it's like, do we really want that? Do we need that? No, we don't need that. No, we don't really want that. But at the end of the day, it's not their decision. It's the decision of Nick Khan, Stephanie McMahon, and Triple H. Paul may just go in there and say, look, Look at what happened. We don't need it. They don't need it. And he may just do that. If it was Vince, Vince would do it. I think with that type of money at stake, Vince would do it. I don't know. It's not going to be up to the creative team. It's not going to be up to the the board of directors. It's not going to be up to the fucking people in the locker room. It's not. No matter what you feel about CM Punk in that locker room, which I've raised several different times, I mean, looking at what he did in in the AEW locker room, are you going to be willing to welcome him back with open arms knowing how volatile he is in a locker room setting? Did he give off team player vibes? If you're in the WWE locker room, why would you want to welcome that man with open arms into your locker room if he can't get... The point across with a locker room a lot younger than the WWE locker room, where he was looked at as a leader. Why would you want him in your locker room? I don't know. I think that headache is a little bit too much of a headache to want to deal with. WWE's locker room, you don't hear this shit coming out of WWE's locker room. Everybody loves working in WWE now because of the environment that's been created by Triple H. You're going to bring in CM Punk? Who's to say he doesn't say that shit to a Stephanie McMahon or a Paul Levesque or somebody else that he did not like in WWE that still currently he doesn't like? The Miz, he said all these nasty things about The Miz. He said things about several people. There are people that don't like him. They're going to welcome him back. It's not going to be up to them. It's going to be up to Nick Khan, Stephanie McMahon, and Paul Levesque. But even if it's up to those three, They have to deal with Tony Khan. Punk has to deal with Tony Khan. Tony Khan's not letting him go. You could talk about a dream match here, a WrestleMania there, CM Punk on SmackDown, whatever. You could talk about anything you want in regards to WWE and CM Punk. CM Punk is not going to WWE. He's not. I don't know. If he shows up, I'll eat my foot. It's not showing up there. He may end up going back eventually. I don't even think that's a good move for him anyway. But he's certainly not going back this year and wrestling Stone Cold Steve Austin. That, I need you guys to put that, I need you guys to put that out there and not think about it anymore. WrestleMania will be CM Punk-less. Tony Storm, she lost the Women's Championship to Jamie Hayter on Full Gear Saturday. In regards to Thunder Rosa, she says, if the injury lingers too long for Rosa, I believe she should probably be stripped of the AEW Women's Championship. Tony Khan was actually asked this in the post-show media scrum as well. He's saying he's taking it under advisement. He's looking at this from all angles. He's going to see where Rosa fits in. If Thunder Rosa is set to come back, he's going to make an assessment on Rosa, if she's not ready to come back, he will make a determination on if he will strip her of the championship or not. I do believe that this interim shit needs to go away. All of this could have been avoided if the interim championship title was never a thing. Seriously. I honestly think when Tony Storm inherited the women's championship and she won the interim women's championship and crowned interim women's champion, that it really... It really didn't do her any favors. Nobody's going to think of anything that Tony Storm did in this reign at all. The only thing that people are going to be thinking about is, oh, Tony Storm was an interim champion. That's all people are going to remember. So, I don't know if Thunder Rosa wanted to give up the championship or not. It ultimately lies at the feet of Tony Khan. Tony Khan makes that decision. He did not make that decision. He let Rosa keep the Women's Championship until she was ready and healthy to come back. And without taking that title away from her, by that decision alone, he made Tony Storm's championship very, very unmemorable, very lackluster. Now, that's not to say Tony Storm didn't work her ass off. She worked her ass off in everything that she was given. But when you think memory, when you go back five years from now, when you go and take this title and you think back, right, we we can go fast forward to the future, five years, and you're going to think back over the last five years. What happened with the AEW women's title in this moment? Are you going to think about Tony Storm's title run? Is there one thing in Tony Storm's title run that's going to stand out to you that's going to be talked about in a memorable way? No, the only thing that's going to be said is, "Oh yeah, she was interim champion during that time," because Thunder Rosa was allowed to keep the women's championship, and Tony Khan did not make the decision to take the belt off of her after knowing she was going to be out for more than two months. Sean Spears even said on, tw- uh, on Twitter last night, this interim shit needs to go away. You're either champion or you are not. This interim shit is bullshit. Personally, I think she should just come to work and defend her championship like she's supposed to, says Tony Storm, in regards to Thunder Rosa, like a champion should. Now, they're insinuating that Thunder Rosa is not injured. People were saying on social media. I don't listen. I want to. Say, I want to make this very well known. I don't have any fucking sources. Nobody came and told me anything. I don't have any dirt on anybody. People. I've seen people saying that they've seen Thunder Rosa work indies. They've seen Thunder Rosa work matches in between the time where we ended full gear and when she walked away. In between that time, they've seen Thunder Rosa work matches, training sessions, this and that, appearances here, appearances there. I don't know. I don't know. And with comments like Tony Storm's and comments like Britt Baker's, you know, it seems to be adding up that she may not be as injured as she says she is and was able to work. And when Tony Storm says she needs to come to work and defend her championship like she's supposed to, like a champion should. Now, if the injury lingers too long, I believe she should probably be stripped. And then I should be the AEW Undisputed Women's Champion like I was supposed to be at All Out. That's verbatim. I think she should defend her title. I think all champions should defend their championship. That doesn't just go for Thunder Rosa. That goes for everybody. Now, this was obviously before she lost the title to Jamie Hader. Now, we just talk about Jamie Hader in replace of Tony Storm. Jamie Hader is the interim women's champion. Yes. She's the interim women's champion. That should not be. Tony Khan needs to make a decision, and a decision fast. If Thunder Rosa is not set to come back within the next month, probably less than that. If Thunder Rosa is not back in AEW at the, if she's not back by Winter is Coming, Jamie Hayter is the new, undisputed AEW Women's Champion. And Thunder Rosa will be actively stripped of the title. If she wants to come back, she comes back. If she wants to fight for the title again, you got to work your way back to the championship. Simple. This all could have been avoided if we didn't put labels of interim on everything and everybody and just do what we needed to do and just crown a new fucking champion. Adam Cole. Lots of concern about Adam Cole and his injury. Dave Meltzer reported that a number of people have brought up being very concerned about Adam Cole. Last time we saw Adam Cole, he wrestled in the June forbidden door pay-per-view with New Japan and AEW. Challenged for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship in a four-way match against Jay White, Kazuchika Okada, and Adam Hangman Page. He worked through a labrum issue, torn labrum, and he suffered a concussion at the end of the match, which played into the outcome of the match. It was previously reported last month that Cole's return to AEW could be tomorrow or it could be never. Because it's a concussion injury that he's dealing with, which can be unpredictable sometimes with recovery. Dave Meltzer probably scared everybody with the, it could be never, quote. No, Adam Cole is not retiring. Adam Cole is not going anywhere. He will be back, and he's been given time off to heal. Adam Cole will be back. I wish him nothing but the best. Does AEW need Adam Cole? Absolutely. AEW needs Adam Cole. Where he fits in, I don't know. I really don't know. He's beyond any title in that company, to be honest with you, outside of the world championship. And right now, things are just going by and business is being conducted as usual. When Adam Cole comes back, I don't even know where he would fit in. Maybe Adam Cole's the guy to put the TNT title on and really make that title prestigious through the hard work of Adam Cole. He did it with the North American title. Why the fuck not? Why not? You all got to start somewhere. He's only been an AEW for a year. Put the TNT title on him, strap him with the TNT title, and let him go. Matches with Andrade, matches with Black, throwbacks to some NXT TakeOver classics. I'd love to see it. A match with Wardlow and Adam. Imagine Wardlow and Adam Cole. Wardlow and Samoa Joe. Or uh, Adam Cole rather than Samoa Joe. I think that would be great. But I wish nothing but the best for Adam Cole. We need NXT black and gold, undisputed era, baby, Adam Cole. Some SmackDown notes. Mysterio was injured. Rey Mysterio is injured. Ringside News reports that Rey is injured. He was seen backstage at Friday Night SmackDown. He was wearing a walking boot. They don't know what caused the injury, but Ringside News via backstage source says that it is just a short-term injury. The fact that he was able to make it to SmackDown, uh, does sign for positive news. Uh, Rey Mysterio uh, will be uh, back hopefully soon. Uh, I know Montez Ford was also shown backstage not too long ago wearing a walking boot. It may, it may not be something uh, incredibly serious. Uh, he was supposed to be a part of the World Cup, was Rey Mysterio, and then he was pulled from the tournament because of this minor, minor injury. And the Usos. Their record-breaking WWE Tag Team title reign. They reacted to winning against the New Day last week. And they react to record-breaking Tag Team title reign that is now theirs. So, last Friday on SmackDown, if you guys missed it, the Usos faced off against the New Day, Kofi Kingston, and Xavier Woods in a WWE Tag Team Championship match where they were successful in retaining the Tag Team titles, which came along with a history-making accomplishment for Jimmy and Jey Uso. The Uso's Uso's became the longest-reigning WWE Tag Team Champions in history on November 14th. The Uso's reacted to this accomplishment by writing, officially, the best team in WWE ever. No. They're not the best team in WWE history. Their reign has been very, very mid. Triple H took over. Yeah, they feel a little bit better than they did. But when Vince McMahon was in charge, how many singles matches did Jay Uso lose? How many singles matches did Jimmy Uso lose? How many non-title matches did, did the Usos lose under Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard? How many legit tag team title feuds did they have under Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard? I love for this information to be readily available. It's not that impressive. The only thing that is impressive is that they're holding the gold... And they're standing behind Roman Reigns. That's what makes them impressive, being a part of Roman's bloodline. As far as their reign is concerned, I don't look at the Usos' reign as anything impressive, just like I did when the New Day held the previous record. Their, their reign wasn't impressive either. It's about what you do in the reign. Now, how long you hold the championship. Anybody can hold a championship for however many days and break whichever record. It's about what you do in the rain, and what these two teams did. They did nothing in their individual reigns. Nothing. Give me a break. We got one sad story of the week. And then we'll get into the Super Chats. One sad story of the week. And it pertains to Scotty Tuhadi. He deleted Twitter, not because Elon took over, he deleted Twitter after comments he made about intergender wrestling. Now, he said something about intergender wrestling that really wasn't all that bad, but the gang mentality of cancel culture ganged up on him, and then he promptly deleted Twitter because people made him feel like a piece of shit. And he didn't say anything, anything at all, that warranted a cancel culture mob to come and attack him. He made it clear on Twitter this week, that he will not be participating in any matches against women that indie Promotions want to book for him and he says that it has to do with the fact that he has a 20-year-old daughter and he doesn't want his 20-year-old daughter seeing him in a ring wrestling and beating up women. I don't see what's so bad about that. He says, and I quote, and this is what he tweeted and deleted, Dear Promoters, I do not fight women. I'm 49 and I have a 20-year-old daughter. Hurting women isn't appealing to me. I understand that there are men that do it these days. It's just not my thing. If that makes me old or out of touch, I'll take it. Please stop trying to book it. End quote. Someone tell me where he messed up. Someone tell me where he fucked up and what he said. Someone tell me where what he said is actually wrong. All he said was, I don't want to be booked into gender matches and I don't want to be booked into gender matches because I have a 20-year-old daughter who I don't want to see me wrestle beating up women. If the tweet said anything, it's A, he doesn't want his daughter to see him wrestling women and beating and hurting up women. Number two, it's not appealing to him. Number three, it's his choice. He has respect for women. That's what I got out of it. He has respect for women to a point where he doesn't want to be in a ring hurting women because he doesn't believe in that type of act. Yet the cancel culture mob came out and fucking had him delete his Twitter account because what he said was so vile and villainous and it needs to be canceled. Fuck off. I stand with Scotty Tuhati, man. Fuck these absolute incel geeks. They don't know any better. They come from Gen. They're Gen Z fucking absolute nonsensical, brain dead geeks. Is all they are. His comments angered people on Twitter, and the reaction from some apparently drove him to leave Twitter. His Twitter account still, as of this writing, does not exist. Unbelievable. Unbelievable, man. Another big L for the wrestling community. What else is new? The wrestling community constantly handing out L's. Fuck out of here, man. Anyway, guys, we are going to go over the Super Chats in just a second. I want to thank you guys so much for hanging out with me tonight. Hopefully, you guys got your your cold beverages on tap. We had eighteen hundred in the venue tonight, man. I'd love to see you guys hit that thumbs up. If you guys are in the venue tonight and have not hit the thumbs up, I would really appreciate hit the thumbs up. One thousand likes minimum on tonight's four fifty three. Follow me on social media at JD from NY two hundred six. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Go check out all the other content on the channel, including last night's great AEW Full Gear post show. A lot of you guys reached out to me saying that it was a great review. You love the energy. It's great to see us excited about AEW again after weeks of weak television. Thank you guys very much, man. We were the number one show. The only thing that beat us out last night was the actual AEW Full Gear scrum. You guys are awesome. Memberships are open. Get them on in. I'd love to get some more VIPs in here. And it's last call, guys. So let's get into the Super Chats. Michelle Moran with a $2 Super Chat. If the Blackpool Combat Club is dead now, how long before JAS is too? I don't know. It's a good question. It's a viable question. I guess we'll find out on Wednesday, man. I Listen, this may be what brings the Black Bull Combat Club back together because Claudio O'Brien and Wheeler Yuta. they probably are asking, what the fuck, Regal? This may actually bring them all back together, so we'll see. Sinister Classic with a $5 super chat. Touch back on my chat last night. I was doing a watch-along for full gear, and people in my chat mentioned you, small world, Glad to be a part of the OTS fam. I'm happy to hear it, bro. Listen, man, if they're talking about me in any way, negative or positive, man, I'll take it. Nick Williams with a $5 Super Chat. Rest in peace, Jason David Frank. A toast to the greatest Power Ranger. Nick Williams. Absolutely, man. Raise your glasses for the Green Ranger, man. Not today, Jay, with a four ninety nine super chat. So Sasha didn't show up at Full Gear or Historic X-Over. Do you believe she still shows up at Survivor Series? Yes. Yes, I do. Lunar Guardian with four months. Hooligrim with 25 months. Thank you, gentlemen. Lunar says, rest in peace, J.D.F. And Hulugrim says, I have ascended to the top of the OTS mountain. The clouds have parted. Rays of sunshine beam down upon my face. I've achieved. Behold, the golden microphone.
1: I have ascended to the top of the O.T.S. Mountain, the clouds have parted ways, rays of sunshine beam down upon my face. I have achieved, behold, the golden microphone.
0: Thank you, Hologram. Appreciate you, brother. Brandon Lamar. Thank you for a new membership, brother. What are you drinking tonight to celebrate? Brian the Dean with a eight-month membership. Chris Bell with an eight-month membership. What are you gentlemen drinking, man? Shayla with a 20-month membership. Much love, JD. Captain Solo with a $5 super chat. Road dog Jesse James... Needs to just go away. Biggest fool in wrestling. He's starting to make Booker T look good. Listen, man, I don't know. Road Dogg has had some uh, garbage takes so far, bro. For all the people that criticize me, man. Nobody's void of criticism. Teddy Love with 8 Months. What are you drinking tonight, brother? Cheers to you and the OTS family. Tonight, I'm taking a shot of Fireball for the GOAT jdf aka tommy aka the green ranger rest in peace absolutely brother thank you so much man and rest in peace to the green ranger man tommy oliver Tyler with a 499 Super Chat. Sasha will definitely be at War Games or Royal Rumble. Let's fucking go. Also, Will Ospreay vs. Kenny Omega take my money. Yes, that was, uh, the challenge was thrown down, man, for Wrestle Kingdom. Will Ospreay vs. Kenny Omega for Wrestle Kingdom. I wonder if we will see any type of build on AEW Dynamite. I may actually watch Wrestle Kingdom just for that fucking match, bro. Ricardo Linnell with a $2 super chat. JD is the one in 41 and one. Absolutely, brother. Jade is 42 and 0 right now, but she is 41 and one because she lost to me. And also Ricardo with a $10 super chat. If the geeks that don't believe that Triple H is running things better than Vince, then just wait until WrestleMania. That will be Triple H's shining moment. I'm excited about Royal Rumble. As soon as we get to Rumble season, bro, I'm going to be fucking pumped. I'm going to be super fucking pumped. Cindy and Ed with a new membership. Cindy, what are you drinking tonight to celebrate your new membership into the OTS VIP club? Ajax, 25 of the four months. Yeah, it's way too late for Austin versus Punk. and Punk would be the biggest hypocrite if he returned to WWE. Punk would erase eight years of everything he said, man, and his reputation would be absolutely irreparable for the rest of his life. A post-Wrestle Kingdom live stream? I don't know, bro. If FTR and Kenny Omega are going to be on the show, if Sasha Banks is on the show, bro, I may have to do something. I don't know. saints 2025 six months he leaves me three ah uh, uh wood emojis sash with a 1999 super chat one week before he faced Colt. jericho challenged any champion of ring of honor even joked about facing the women's champion oh is that what he did I thought he challenged only world champions. That's what I heard. Omega vs Osprey may be match of the year, bro. New Japan setting the table right away for match of the year. Don P with a 9.99. Super Chat, did y'all see the yams on Jade? Uh, All I saw, Don P, was an absolutely atrocious wrestling match between Jake Cargill and Nyla Rose. JDC Biggins with a $10 super chat. Really hope that there are some JDF Wrestling Gear tributes this week. I'm sure there will be, bro. My childhood took a major hit today. Also daydreamed about being the Green Ranger. Bro, I think everybody wanted to be the Green Ranger. Everybody. Mako Samurai with three months. What's up, JD? Just yet to celebrate three months of being a fan of this show and love your takes on wrestling alike. Love and prayers to you, brother. Thank you, Mako. What are you drinking tonight, Mako? DJ Lundy with a 10-month VIP membership. Hey, JD, great broadcast as always. Today is my birthday. There was an Easter egg on SmackDown backstage. Bray Wyatt was arguing Usos and Cross segment. I did not know about that, bro. I, don't, I, I must have missed that Easter egg, man. It's, it's tough to follow everything that's going on. But happy birthday, bro. Let me see those birthday cake emojis in the chat for DJ Lundy. Cody Snyder with a $5 super chat. You're a New York guy that loves his metal. Did you ever get into typo negative? No. I thought typo negative was fucking horrendous. Never did I get into typo negative. Also, Stoke for Survivor Series and your review show Saturday. Salrex is already working on the thumbnail, bro. I didn't even ask him for it. He's just working on it. Cake with a $1 super chat. No message. Thank you, Cake. As always, thank you. And we got a $10 super chat by Kelly. This month of November was stressful, both of us, J.D., due to criticism, losses, and hate. But just remember what J.D.F. said. J.D., be positive and tell yourself you're the best. Rock on. Rest in peace, Jason David Frank. Cheers to you, Kelly. Appreciate the words of encouragement. November's been a rough month. Hope with December is better. Here's to December being a lot better. Merciful fate I can deal with. Edward Lou with a 999 super chat. With what is JDF's cause of death, definitely should appreciate folks like Moxley and Saraya being able to publicly admit and deal with their mental health issues. Let's look out for each other. Rest in peace, JDF. Also, another great comment. Edward, thank you so much, brother. Yes. Please, guys, take care of your mental health. Take care of your mental health. I appreciate you guys hanging out with me tonight, man. We are 150 away from 1,000 likes. Anybody in the chat, man, I would really appreciate if you hit that thumbs up, man. Seriously. Let's get, let's try as best as we can to get close to 1,000 likes on tonight's live stream as I am prepping the Mustang to get out of here, man. It's fucking cold out here, bro. I got to turn the heat on, man. The heat takes a little bit to kick in. Anyway. Thank you, guys, for a great stream, man. It was was kind of a slow night. You know, I know uh, a lot of people are watching The Walking Dead. I know a lot of people are uh, catching up on the NFL tonight with Sunday Night Football. Basketball's on tonight. Listen, man, I'm only one guy. I'm only one guy. But listen, I'll be back t- tomorrow night, Monday night. Go home show for Survivor Series on Monday Night Raw. Hopefully they knock it out of the park. It's a great wrestling weekend. Full gear kicked ass. And you guys will see me back in the venue tomorrow nights. I want to thank you guys for a great week as always. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Hit that thumbs up. Let me see those rock-on emojis. Let me see those Mustang emojis. Let me see those Ace emojis. And I need that music on Max. Guys, tomorrow night, Raw, live, in the venue, on Off The Script. I'll see you guys later.